guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we have a magnificent lady from America. Her name is Alison Wellington. She has her own Instagram page called Align with Alison. You are a dating coach, a relationship coach. You basically teach singles how to heal and date successfully to find the partner they deserve. And you also call yourself the marriage whisperer. I've never heard that before. Yes, yes, that's a that's a new name that I've taken on this summer. <laughs> Please tell the audience a bit about yourself and your page. Yes, absolutely. So again, my name is Allison. I am from Brooklyn, New York, here in the U.S., and um, I have a master's degree in counseling. Recently, I started my own coaching business about a year and a half ago because of my own failed love story and my ability to navigate through that to get back on the dating scene to find my husband. And we've been happily married for a year and four months since. So how do you help um, singles then in regards to dating? Because I feel like, especially during the pandemic, it's been kind of hard to to date. So how do you coach people navigating through relationships? I think a lot of people have moved into online dating, which is quite hard. I've tried it myself and I did not like it. Didn't feel generic. So how do you Mm. coach during a pandemic? Sure. So the one thing is, is that we have to change our thoughts and our words, right? So you say it's hard, so it's hard. Or you can say that this is different. And so let me put some effort forth in order to learn this new way of dating, right? So let's change the way that we look at it. Let's change our words and our beliefs around it. So yes, there has to be a focus on online dating. And even before the pandemic, I mean, online dating is super popular. We use the internet for everything else. We order our food, we connect with family around the world. You and I connected because of the internet. So to use the internet online dating, I think is in alignment with the way that society is going. So it's not outrageous. Now with the pandemic, of course, we're not in a position to meet socially um, as much as we used to. We're not in a position to go out and meet people organically. And so, yes, you use online dating to meet people. But the goal is is to transition off of the app as quickly as possible. The apps are just a virtual meeting place. It's just like meeting somebody at a bar or the club or brunch or playing pool or anything like that. It's an opportunity to meet um, virtually as many people as possible. And then you transition off of the app. If both parties are vaccinated and you feel comfortable, within a few days of talking through the app, you then would meet in person, just like you would have connected with someone at the supermarket, exchanged numbers, had some conversation, and then met in person. So it's really not that wild or different from an organic meeting. I actually prefer it because at least I know everyone on the app is looking for something romantic. For some people, it may just be sex. For some people, it might be casual dating. For some people, it might be a full-on relationship. For some people, it might be marriage. But at least everyone that's there wants relatively the same thing, some kind of romantic connection. When I'm in the club or at brunch or in the supermarket, everybody there isn't available. Everybody there isn't looking for some level of romance. So I feel like it helps to filter at least everyone who's meeting in this virtual space wants kind of the same thing. And then we have to assess how much close to what I want is what you want. 
Yeah. So then I speak to a lot of the mums that are on my platform and we, we often talk about dating and, and some of the mums have done online dating and some of the things that I have seen echo with some people that do the online dating, the mums that I, I speak to is that they say, oh, I went out on a date with this guy. He's so perfect. Everything's so well. And then they kind of run the emotional marathon. They have the first date. Everything's magnificent. They think the guy is perfect. And then as they get to know this person that has presented themselves so perfect on paper, they start seeing the cracks. So how then do you coach women not to run that emotional marathon with a man and run, you know, you go on a date with someone and you're already on at the aisle. You just, how do you protect mm -hmm. your heart? Yes, well said. So, the, well, the first thing is, is that that can happen no matter where you meet people, right? So online dating, offline dating, if you um, as a person is not open to multi-date, which is what you should be doing, then you're going to force yourself down this track of, I met this one guy and he seems so great. So I'm going to invest all in him and I do not know him. Do not do that, right? <laughs> when you multi-date, when you're dating more than one person at a time, then it opens your eyes to see what the options are. And then you're not solely invested in one person because you have two other guys who are lined up for dates the next weekend. Yeah. The reason why people tend to overly invest in one person is because that's their only choice. If you have no other choice, then you're going to give it your all, right? If you have no other option than to work this one job, there's one job in the world, you know you need money. That's the only option that's out there. Then you're going to work the hell out of that job. You're going to be there early. You're going to stay late. You're going to do overtime for free. You're going to let your supervisor take advantage of you because that's your only option. But if you know that you have lots of options out there, as soon as that supervisor doesn't respect you, as soon as that supervisor doesn't pay you your overtime, you're going to say, I don't need this. And you're going to go look for another job, right? Desperation is what causes people to become over-invested. And you're setting up your own desperation because there are millions, billions around the world, right, guys? So you have to multi-date. You meet one person, you have a conversation with them, they seem like they want the same things that you want, and then you're not gonna stop there. You're gonna continue on the apps, or you're gonna continue to go out socially, you're gonna continue to collect numbers, you're gonna continue to have conversations, you're gonna continue to set up dates with other people. That way, when one person ghosts you, you're not sad and crying. Who cares? You have two other dates lined up the next weekend. When one person's looking questionable and you're going to be more inclined and more in tune to pay attention to those red flags, you're not going to be blinded and have on rose-colored glasses because you know that you're not totally invested in one person. Multi-date. So what happens if then you then start liking the couple of the guys that you're multi-dating? How about if you fall into that trap? You can like more than one person. I mean, the question is, if, if you're falling in love, then that's different. But there's nothing wrong with liking more than one person and you continue to date them. And then you see over time how they behave. Because as you said, in that particular instance, it's over time you start realizing that the way that this person presented isn't their reality. You need to give it time. Like only time will tell. So you're dating multiple people over a six month period. Folks are not that sharp like you can't keep up a facade for that unless you're a sociopath you can't keep up a facade for that long yeah. eventually the cracks will show and then you start a process of elimination yeah so would you suggest a woman um be open and honest in regards to her um openly dating other people or would you say that yes that to herself absolutely you you never want to lead anyone on just like you wouldn't want to be led on right yeah. so and you're not going to say 
oh hi hi tim thanks for for taking me on, on this date i was here last week with with jimmy right you're not going to be that obvious yeah but you're going to say from the beginning when you first meet tim or tom i don't know what name we gave him when you first meet this person you're going to say oh you know talking and getting to know each other and what are you on the apps for let's say it's through a dating what do you you know i'm dating i'm getting to know different people because i'm looking for a long-term commitment and i want to make sure that when we make the choice whoever he and I are, right, that it's the right choice. So you say from the beginning, I'm, I'm meeting different people, I'm dating different people, I'm talking to different people because I'm looking for the right match for me so that I can have blank, a long-term commit, committed relationship, marriage, whatever that blank is. That's brilliant. I've actually never heard anyone really say that. That's actually very good sound advice that you don't kind of hurt yourself or the other person. So what are um, the biggest mistakes you see singles making? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that single people make is not going on dating apps. Ooh. You are eliminating your opportunities, especially in COVID, but even before and after. Like, this is an opportunity for you to potentially meet people who want the same things as you. Someone who's so invested that they paid money, which is mistake number two, not paying for an app. You, you're doing the free stuff. You have limited access to information. You can't fill out your profile in its entirety. But back to number one, um, someone who has invested money, time, and effort to create a profile because they at least seemingly want what you want, yeah. use dating apps. Why would you limit your opportunities to meet people who potentially can want the same things as you? You're yeah. only going to leave it up to chance. Maybe you might meet a guy at the bar. Maybe you might meet a guy at brunch. Absolutely not. I'm going to open every opportunity that's yeah. available to me for me to meet people who could potentially want the same things that I want. So that's number one. Number two is being cheap. Pay for the apps. Okay. You will, if you can't afford $39.99 for a three-month trial, then you shouldn't be dating. You have bigger fish to fry. You have bigger concerns. You need to find a second job. You need to go back to school. I don't know what to tell you. Stop being cheap. Invest. I, if I'm paying for something or if I, no, sorry, let me take that back. If I want a result and yeah. clearly I've been unable to get that result based on the work that I've been doing or lack of work that I've been doing on my own, then I need to invest. Yeah. If that means I'm investing in an app, $39.99 for three months, if that means I'm investing time and listening to podcasts like this, that can be helpful to open up my mind and give me some sound advice. If that means I'm paying for a coach, if that means I'm doing uh, um, an overhaul in my look, like changing your closet, going to the gym, like you need to put in some work. This idea, this, um, fantastic idea that some guy is just going to fall into your lap doesn't happen that is movies yeah. that's television that doesn't exist in reality you think that you're going to be in your home mistake extension of mistake number one and two number three <clears throat> excuse me you're going to be in your home watching netflix on the couch and some guy is going to mysteriously appear the only guys who are coming to your house are going to be your food delivery guys do you have you guys have Amazon, right? I assume yeah. maybe the men who knock on your door, the electrician once a year, the plumber once a year. Those are the men. No man is knocking on your door. You have to put yourself out there, out yeah. there physically as well as out there virtually. Those are the mistakes that singles are making. Okay, that's brilliant. I have a lot of moms that um, say to me that they feel like they're dating the same kind of man. I know that like this 
era that we're in everyone's big on like narcissistic quick man and you know like thick uh-huh. man it's kind of like the buzzword now but a lot of moms feel like they go out they meet this person and it's exactly the same kind of human being so what advice would you give to um, women listening so they are dating the same types of men because they are choosing the same types of men mm. it's that simple uh, what you know would you say oh I you know uh the same types of ice cream just keeps creeping in my freezer. <laughs> no, you keep buying the same vanilla yeah. and that's why you keep getting vanilla. So it's not about, it's not about you end up with, again, we have to change our language. You didn't end up with this, right? This is a choice. You are choosing wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless this person is of the belief, which they're wrong, that all men are all exactly the same which evidence would suggest is not true because I am sure that everyone knows at least one happy couple. Yeah. Everyone knows at least one good man. So then by default, if there is one good man, that means there has to be more than one, right? Yeah. Okay, so now that we know that there's more than one good man out there, then we have to have a conversation with ourselves as to why am I choosing wrong? Because you keep choosing the same type. You don't end up with, end up means you don't have a choice in the matter. So you need to do a better job of vetting. How do you do that? The first thing is you need to get clear on exactly what you're looking for in a partner and a partnership. Write it down. Get clear. I should be able to ask a single person, what are you looking for? And they should be able to articulate it. You'd be surprised how many people you'll ask, what are they looking for in a partner? And they'll start stuttering and um, and I don't know. So you need to be clear on that because how are you going to find something if you don't know what it looks like? If you were to ask your child, uh, babe, can you pass me a pen, right? And But you know you want a specific pen. You're going to say, can you pass me the blue ink pen? Yeah. Can you pass me the, the, the little pen? Can you pass me the short pen? Like You're going to get specific because you want your child to be able to find this thing and to give it to you. If not, you know children, what they're going to do? They're going to bring you all of it yeah. or they're going to say, mommy, I can't find it. And it's right there in their face because you did not give them the specific parameters. You have to have specific parameters. What are you looking for so that you're in a position to find it? So you get clear on that first. Then you're going to create questions that are based around those non-negotiables. So let's say one of the things you're looking for, one of the non-negotiables is that this person's financially sound, right? I want a man who's financially sound. First of all, you need to get clarity on what that means to you exactly, right? But let's go with financially sound. So then I'm going to ask questions like, where do you work? Mm. Do you enjoy your work? Do you see yourself doing something else? Um, what else? Uh, how did you get into your line of work? Is it fulfilling for you, right? So I'm asking these questions around financial security or soundness because I'm gathering what he does for a living which then you can google the salary if you wanted to you're never going to ask someone how much money they make right that's yeah yeah. but I can google how much they make um I'm asking about whether or not they're fulfilled at their job because that's going to tell me if they're if they're inclined to stay or go at a at a whim right I'm going to find out if they have any desires outside of their work because then they might be inclined to start a business and now they have an additional stream of income so You have to get clear on what you want first and then ask questions accordingly. And then you're constantly assessing over time. So even if you're asking questions around something and they answer it perfectly, then you're going to be 
observing over time. You're going to be asking these same questions in a different way. You're going to constantly assess whether or not that person meets the mark Mm -hmm. in that area so Mm -hmm. that you're not choosing the same person over and over again because you vetted them. Yeah. I think that what you said is so, it's so true. You have to, we have to get into the the, the mind of having to vet people because even to get a car or car note, even to get a, a, a property, we have to go through checks and balances to go through education. But then to get in, go into a relationship, it's just like, oh, I like him. And I'm like, okay, what what do you two talk about? What do you have in common? Oh, he, I like his smile. I like his, you know, we can't be so superficial when it comes to matters of the heart. Like we have to actually have substance in regards to the people that we're bringing into our world because ultimately they can change it and I think that um, especially me being in my previous relationships I would rather stay single than invest in time and emotions in someone that could potentially damage me emotionally because it takes a very long time well for me anyway I shouldn't you might think different but it takes a very long time to get over heartbreak whereby you didn't I feel like in life we get the red flags come very very quickly and we're the ones that put our rosy colored spectacles and ignore them you know so it's better you stay single and find yourself find what you like like you mentioned earlier for you then to attract that person instead of just settling and I think ultimately sometimes when I look at certain relationships I feel like women are willing to settle just because they want to have a man Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, the reason why I also love your platform is because even when I go onto like YouTube or Instagram and I and I look for like relationship coaches, I find a lot of men telling women mm. what to do um, about like, the, like I said earlier, about the buzzwords, about high value men and high value, mm-hmm. high value women. And it comes across really judgmental and toxic, especially when it's people of your own kind telling you the reason why you haven't got a man mm-hmm. is because you are a five or you you're not pretty enough and I love your platform I love the fact that you're actually empowering women so if no one has ever thanked you thank you <laughs> thank you thank you because we need more women why do you even think there is that we don't have more women telling other women this look I've been through this and this is how you're meant to do it why are there no more women well, why are there so know, many men you know I think that's a very interesting question and I actually turn it back to their audience I actually blame the women. I think that women don't like to listen to women. I think that women would prefer to listen to men. I think that women think, and which is not illogical, but women think, well, if I want a man, I should listen to a man because he's going to tell me what a man will and will not want. So that's, that's right. That's logical. That's not unreasonable. But I think that because of that logic, which does make sense, I get it you're going to have men who are going to be amplified in this space versus women who are amplified in this space. And so the popularity comes from their audience and the audience many times are filled with women. And even if it's not women who are buying their services necessarily, right? Because if they're coaches, many times, sometimes they're authors, it may be women or men who are buying into these people, like actually financially contributing, but it's the women in the comments yeah. It's the women who are sharing. It's the women who are arguing, right? And so even if you're not directly financially contributing, when you share these people's videos and you are commenting and arguing in the comments and you're doing and you're saving it, all of that kind of activity is going to amplify these voices. So we complain about these voices who are sometimes nasty yeah. to black women, right? Yeah. 
But then at the same time, we don't realize very foolishly that by default, every time we mention this person's name, every time we comment underneath their post, yeah. every time we share it in our group chat, the shares, the likes, the comments, the saves, all of those things is amplifying that voice. Mm. So I think our best thing to do is kind of like what our parents sometimes taught us on the schoolyard when you have a bully, you ignore them. Ignore. Yeah. When you feed into the bully, you're feeding into the behavior and you're strengthening the voice. Yeah. No, you're right. And I do think that we need to listen to, to more women because oftentimes when, for example, when I was much younger and I'd bring a guy home, my mum would be like, I don't like him. You know, just by him just walking through the door, mm -mm, that's not him. Or your girlfriends could say, nah, do you know what? There's something about that guy. But we as women, we're just like, no, you know, I'm, and you want to go against the grade. But in actual fact, sometimes people are telling you this, these things out of love, especially women. But we are the ones that are kind of trying to fight against the voices of women. But when in actual fact, the guy could be like, oh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I think he's the one. Yeah, I think you should go for it. When in actual fact, they're waiting for you to break your heart so they can try and jump into that position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's just so it's so ironic that the games that people people play do you know you're on your um on your page you have a master class called from uncuffed to cuffed what is that mm -hmm. yeah so um in the u.s we have a slang i don't yeah. know if you guys use this as well so when someone is cuffed like yeah. a like um like they use like what do you like uh cuffs like uh, like the police use yeah. um that yeah. means that you're together right like you're stuck you're together okay um so from uncuffed to cuffed means from being single to being in a relationship, okay. being uncuffed, like not attached to anyone to okay. being attached to someone. Okay. So, um, and it's free, it's a panel discussion masterclass and it's free on my website, bookallison.com. Awesome. And basically it's, um, it's an hour and a half conversation with a panel of four uh, therapists, coaches. Uh, I think one is a, a social worker talking about how you decide whether or not you should commit. So you're uncuffed, you're single, you're, you're, you're talking to someone, you're dating someone, and it's time for you to decide whether or not you want to move forward. And also here in the US, we have what's called as a slang term, cupping season. So okay. basically in the summer, you're having fun, you're doing your thing, you're with your girlfriends, you're with your boys, but then it starts to get cold <laughs> yeah. at the end of September. And so the end of September, through like right before Valentine's Day, it's this is cuffing season. Like it's time for you to decide that, hey, the person I was dealing with before is the person I actually want to commit to. And, and those are the steps that you take because it's getting cold, it's getting dark earlier. So it's time to make that decision. So the panel is talking about how do you decide? How do you make the decision on whether or not this person was just a summertime fling or whether or not this person is someone that you should really invest in moving forward? That is awesome. Now that's brilliant. I'm going to make sure I um I plug it in um on the page when I post the podcast. Um, I also wanted to ask you because I listened to what I shared one of your posts where you were talking about how to get over an ex, and I've got a very close friend that's just come out of a six year relationship, and she often calls me crying. She doesn't mind if I share this, by the way, because she just can't believe how much time she's invested in this relationship, and she thought that there would be a marriage out of it, and in actual fact, he was yeah living his life. So how then do you teach women how to get over heartbreak when they have already pictured their life with this specific person? Unpicture it. Ooh, yeah. It's over. Like there's <laughs> nothing to there's nothing to talk about. 
yeah. this person has made it clear to you that they're either unwilling or unable to commit to you on the level in which you're looking, right? So this may be with another woman or doesn't want to get married after six years, whatever the circumstances are that cause the breakup. They're not in a position to do it. They cannot do it. They cannot or they will not. Either way it goes, you're not getting what you want. Mm. So, so what is your best course of action here? Is your best course of action to cry in the dark with a friend on the phone or is your best course of action to process your emotions, maybe seeking therapy, counseling, coaching, whoever, whatever, whatever you think is a good fit for you, process your emotions as quickly as possible so that you can get back on the dating scene and find someone who does want the same things as you. I look at it from a very practical perspective, yeah. very practical. Now, does your friend have children with this person? No, no. Oh, okay. Like, hello. <laughs> that means that you're, you're not even forced to see them every other weekend, right? Mm. Like you're not even forced to have conversations with them. You could never see them again and it would not impact you or a little one. There's no reason why you cannot move on from this. What did this person have that's so amazing that's worth mm. you wasting more time? So if you're crying about the fact that I wasted six years of my life, so you're going to waste seven? Mm. So you're going to waste eight? We need to think from a practical perspective. What's the most practical thing? The most practical thing is let me process my emotions as quickly as possible. Yeah. I'm going to probably need a professional for me to do that. There is no shame in me reaching out. I reach out to a professional to do my hair. Mm -hmm. I reach out to a professional to do my nails. Some people reach out to professionals to clean their own house, but there's shame in reaching out to a professional to help you process your emotions. Mm -hmm. You're not even cleaning your, you're not even washing your own hair. There's no shame mm -hmm. in that though. Yeah. Right. But there's shame in reaching out to a professional to help you process emotion, emotions that you experience over a six year breakup, yeah. pay the money. Or if you have insurance, tap into your insurance, get a therapist, process your emotions, get back on the dating scene. That is the most practical yeah. approach. No, you're so right. So, Alison, where can people find you on social media to get your yeah, coaching so and your help? I'm on everything as. Uh, align with Allison. So that's A-L-I-G-N with Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N. So that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everything. I mean, Instagram is my favorite source yeah. and you can click the link in my bio, which is bookallison, A-L-I-S-O-N.com. I have a ton of free resources, trainings, masterclasses, eBooks. Then I have some low cost items too. Um, and then I have my full-on coaching program. So if you feel like after you've done vetting, we talked about vetting, right? Yeah. You ask questions, you gather data. You After you've checked out my free stuff, you checked out the resources. If you still feel like you need help, then it's time to invest in yourself. And then you can book a call so that we can talk about a coaching program and how I can work with you to help you get to your relationship goals. Oh, brilliant. Alison, thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on the podcast. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You as well. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.